Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Hey, Von Joseph, welcome back. It's been a while. We've been away, but the new season is here and it's underway. As you know, being an actor is a tough, tough business. Hey, you've got to have some some thick skin to stick it out in this industry. So uh, joining us today, we've got Mr. Gary Ray Moore. He was on House of Cards back a few years ago. He's got some new projects working. We're going to uh, hear all about it. And joining us live, Gary Moore. Gary May, Gary Maymore, Gary Raymore, you guys, I am tongue-tied today. We have been off for a few months. We are back. This is episode one of the new season. We've got Gary Raymore. I got it right this time. Welcome right. to the show, sir. How's sunny uh, South Carolina? Well, it is sunny where I am, anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, most of the North Carolina got really hit, and uh, I've got some 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 family up there that are they're going through it and they don't have power and stuff like that but uh we barely got any right here i'm toward the georgia side of south carolina so not too bad hurricane safe then hurricane safe that's always yes good to hear. That's yes always good to hear so what's going on in south carolina that is a very um i actually have a sister that lives in south carolina but it seems like a very strange place to be as an actor so how does that work there yeah it is uh well uh I moved out here 21 years ago from California mm. uh, because I was offered a full-time acting gig, which, as you know, are pretty great to, to get. So yeah. uh, we're starting a, a satellite network, and they needed someone who could help teach people how to talk to a camera, um, host some shows. And I said, wow, that sounds fun. So I moved out here. 21 years ago and and uh, have stayed because now most of your auditions are digital. You you tape them. I've got a studio in my basement. I'm in my voiceover studio right now, but I've got another studio where I do my video auditions and you upload them and casting directors pretty much just go poop. And uh, and that's how they cast now. You rarely go in person, at least here. Mm, mm. I find that in, in London, actually. I do quite a bit of self-taping myself, and um, it's really nice, actually. It's really, yeah. it's really nice. I enjoy it. You know, so, you know, there's some advantages of being in person, and, and I booked some things I know because I was in person, but, uh, you know, you have a lot of control when you're taping yourself, and I like that. Yeah, that's definitely um, a little easier when you can uh, get the perfect take to submit over to casting. Uh, yeah. I definitely like to have at least five or six in the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cut something up and put it on on uh, the, the Vimeo or whatever they want me to send it over to. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, what kind of voiceover stuff are you doing? Are you doing, like, film stuff or is it animated stuff? <laughs> I, you know, I, I wish it were all that, but it's not. I do. As you know, there's all kinds of voiceover work. You know, there's on hold messages. There's answering machines. There's corporate narratives. Uh, there's, there's just all kinds of, of voiceover work. And I actually just do all of it. I, I do the whole gamut. So, uh, you know, one day I'll be doing... You know, a, a whole a on hold message, which I just did for a, a funeral home. First funeral I ever did. I tried to, you know, not be real happy. And uh, and then I'll do, you know, uh, some cartoons, mm. which so and that'll be fun. So I, I really do it all. 
and uh, I enjoy it. I got into voiceover about 10 years ago, but I've been doing acting about 40 years, really. That's brilliant. Yeah, no voiceover is a very uh, tight knit community. At least it was in California. Same as here yeah. in London. Um, I actually have uh, someone question sent me a question into the show a few days ago last week um, because of my voiceover stuff, and they said, "What is the best route for someone to take to get into voiceover?" So obviously, you having been been very successful at it, and you've got like you said your own studio. He's got two studios, ladies and gentlemen. Baller. <laughs> Baller. How do how would you what would you suggest that somebody do to get their foot in the door? What are the first steps to take to get into doing voiceover work? Yeah, well, of course, the first thing you have to do is is like a, a an actor has to get a headshot because that's our calling card. Um, a voiceover person has to get a demo, and it has to be a good demo. Yeah, now you can you can make it all up. I mean, I did. I, I didn't have any credits as a voiceover person uh, doing my demo. So I took commercials that I heard and I did them and I made it all up. And you can borrow from other people's demos. I mean, this is all done. So voiceover people do this all the time. And you just have to make a really good demo. Mm. And, and uh, boy, you know, you know as, a, as an actor, there's a lot of acting workshop scams out there. I think there's double the amount in voiceover work. Wow. Uh, because it's just everyone wants to get in. And everyone pretends like they're in. So they do a workshop and they charge people all kinds of money or they'll do a stupid demo for them. Uh, it's, it's really, really hard to find honest people out there who mm. uh, will really just tell you the truth on how to do it. Wow. That, that's interesting. Actually, that's how I got my first voice demo done. I went online and found um, you know, some acting uh, castings or not casting um, uh, sites that that uh, hosted actors yeah. and uh, talent agencies. I don't know why I'm going blank. And I basically found something that sounded good from a couple of their talents that would suit right. my voice, made my own demo. So yeah. glad I'm not yeah. the only one that's uh, ripping people off. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what, um, what are your thoughts on, um, let's stick with the voiceover with, um, I know we have things like Voices.com, Voices123. Yeah. Are you using something like that? Or is that something you would recommend for somebody that's just trying to get started? Or are you with an agency exclusive? No, you know, I got, I've got a couple agencies, one in Beverly Hills, one in New York. And and I I try to just get on rosters hmm. uh, where, where people will go through the different examples of voiceovers and just go, wow, I like Gary's voice and pick you. You don't have to audition for anything. Um, they just send you the script hmm. and tell you when they want it back. And that's really what I do. I don't even market myself anymore because I just get enough work through that, that um, uh, that's the way I work. Uh, those those pay sites, you know, I've heard some people can do okay on them, but the, the competition is insane, insane because pretty much everybody and their brother on there, and they're just looking to cheap it out. Any company that goes to those sites, mm -hmm. they're not looking to pay real money. Uh, so they're looking for the cheapest person that sounds halfway decent. Mm -hmm. And so it's... I wouldn't say it's it's a great career move, but uh, I've had friends that been successful with it. How would one go about getting themselves on these rosters then? Because um, 
like I said, I get I get actually quite a few requests for do a tutorial on you know voiceover blah 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 blah. Yeah. And if you're actually to the point where you're doing it and they're and I get this on occasion where I just get booked, much like yourself, you know, because they right. call, they call my agent and they say, can you come in to the studio and voice match or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how does one go about doing that? Because you're you've obviously done it very well. If you're saying you've got one an agent in New York and you know you've got them all over. Yeah, um, you know it's it goes back to your demo. I, I still use my demo from ten years ago mm. because I don't think I could make a better one. <laughs> it was really good. I I got a really talented guy who had his own studio. I hit him up during Christmas. He did it for me for free because he was he wasn't working and I owed him favors for the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's the way I did it. And and you can do that. You can barter with with people, you know, if you, because a demo could be pretty expensive to put together if you're talking studio time and and uh, they're putting in music and they're, you know, it can, it can it can add up. So, uh, bargain with them. And and you send that out just like an actor sends out his his uh, headshot. You send out your demo, and that's what I did. I, I found these agencies. I sent them my demo, and they liked my voice and said, "Yeah, let's uh, let's put you on the roster." Excellent. That's brilliant. So you guys check that out. That's the way forward if you're looking to get into some voiceovers. Yeah. This guy's got the action. So what other type of stuff are you doing right now? I know we spoke off offline and you were, you were on House of Cards and you've done some other projects. I see you've got something in um, production right now on your IMDb. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us about yeah, that? I, I, you know, I, I grew up on stage in Chicago and I lo- that's all I knew was stage work. Uh, when I got married, I moved out to San Francisco and I had to get a real job, you know, to support my my wife and and soon to be family. So, uh, but I still felt like acting, and and I didn't have time for stage because stage work is so time consuming. So I thought, well, I went home and I watched a commercial, and I said, well, I could do that. Well, being a stage actor, I couldn't do that uh, because I've been trained to yell and to project to the last row. And that's not how you talk to a camera. Mm. So I took a class on how to talk to a camera. And it took me a year to come down from stage to camera work. And when you do, you pretty much book what you look like. And I looked like the grocery store guy then. So I booked all the grocery stores in California and I was the grocery store guy. And that's cool, you know, because that's how I learned how to, how to talk to a camera. Right. Um, and then one day I, I auditioned uh, for a film uh, shooting in Tennessee and I, I got it and I was scared to death because I'd never done a film. And I thought, wow. I'm going to ruin their movie. <laughs> so I, I, I bought a, uh, a book on, on stage, on film acting. And it was perfect. It was, it was called acting, uh, acting for the camera by Tony Barr. And it took a stage actor to his first day on film on a set, which was just ideal for me. Um, but it, it, this was before Google. And uh, so I called 411 and I, I asked, you know, I need to speak to this guy. And they gave me his number. And in 10 minutes after I was done with the book, I was talking to the author. Wow. And I said, I just booked this movie. I'm going to ruin their film. I need help. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, he 
told me his associate, Eric Klein, would, uh, would help me there in L.A., and I came down, spent about three days with him, and uh, felt a lot better going to set after, after working with uh, a real good coach. And um, so I now just been doing lots of film and, and TV work. I really love film work the best. I'm not sure why. Um, I think because it's so meticulous and it's so much fun to be on set and to get to know everybody. You spend a lot of time with them. So you make a lot of new friends. Um, most of my great friends I met on set uh, on projects years ago and they're still friends today and and very good friends yeah i, I definitely will agree with you on that one uh, practically everyone that i am friends with i've met in the industry yeah um, i actually do a podcast called free pizza and free uh, free pizza and vodka with a comedian jonas garvin and from california we met on set and yeah. um I, I recently just rapped on something a few weeks or a few months ago and it was a it was like a training video for Japanese businessmen and how they need huh. to learn how to deal with, you know, Western business people. Right. So it was a long process. And this was the longest I had ever worked with a group of actors at one sitting and we were together for a couple weeks. So yeah. much like the film, we really got to know each other because we spent, you know, eight, 10 hours a day together and right. every day and it was brilliant and we and, and i'm actually i speak with them still a lot of the people and we're going to be working again together in november um so leaving acting aside for a second here i myself being from michigan um i i, I know skateboarding and i hey. was doing a little research on you and i understand that you're a little bit of a skate punk yourself Tell yeah. me about that, because that's definitely not something that I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I grew up in Chicago, and skateboarding in the 70s wasn't real popular there. Um, but I had an uncle who lived in L.A., and my dad worked for the airlines. So I got to fly out for free all the time. And so I'd fly to my uncle's, stay at my uncle's weeks on end, and, and that's how I got skateboarding in the 70s. And when I came home to Chicago, uh, it started to get big because, you know, Tony Hawk and those guys were, were just getting started and and uh, skate parks were popping up. And and uh, so I, I I actually went professional and uh, I was a vert skater. I was also they didn't call it um, uh, street skating. They called it freestyle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was a freestyle skateboarder, which was just, you know, really tricks and yeah. uh, skate, you know, street, what they call street now is what I did. And I had a whole routine and I actually won first place uh, in a contest in, back in the 70s um, for that. And uh, I've, you know, I've had four boys and I. I taught them all how to skateboard. We went to skate parks when they were growing up, and and uh, they still love to, to board every now and then. And one's really, really good. Mm. Uh, but uh, I I I try to get out when I can. I I had cancer last year, mm. and so I haven't skateboarded in about a year. But uh, you know, God's healed me, and and I I just bought some new knee pads. <laughs> and I'm I'm ready to. To hit the to hit the parks here, man. Dude, that's brilliant. So I literally was just online yesterday trying to look up some of my old skate decks because I was like, uh, ah, I want to get another skate, you know. And um, the the prices of some of the skateboards, I know, oh my God. I know. 
<laughs> I'm looking at stuff that I threw away, and they're like, "Yeah, give me." No, I know, I know. Bucks for this, and it's just destroyed. And I'm yeah. like, "Oh my!" God. And I have a friend back home. He's got probably upwards of 15 decks, just probably wow. still in his dad's garage. So I'm yeah. gonna have to hit him up when I get back to Michigan this year. Yeah. And, if you're uh, not using those, I'll just take them. Yeah, well, I know he's got one of my old Mark Gonzalez decks, which I want. <laughs> so that's oh. really cool that you've you've given that to your to your kids and you taught them to skate yeah. and that they enjoy it. That's really really huge. Um, yeah, it's fun. Who were you skating for at the time? If I can ask, do you remember? Well, it was called the Skate Shop, mm. um, and you know a lot of these companies have come and gone yeah, <laughs> since boy. the seventies. <laughs> so so it wasn't it wasn't huge, but I I I I rode uh, OJ wheels, which they still still make. Still bake, so I rode OJs and uh, independent trucks, which they still make, and uh, they had Bennett trucks. That's that's another one I used was Bennett trucks. Um, it, you know, it, I I still love it, and when it's on TV, I I watch the whole thing, man. Uh, I you know I especially love vert. Uh, skating. I can't do many tricks that I used to do anymore, but I can. I can still pull off a lay uh, a layback air. Really? And, and everybody will just in the park go, "What? What was that?" <laughs> you know? And I go, "That's that's called layback air." You know, it's old school, man. It's, <laughs> this is this is the most interesting part of who you are right now, and I know we're supposed to be talking about acting for me anyway. Is the skateboarding aspect? Um, yeah. Firstly, let me just say we hated freestyle skaters when I was growing up. We used to ride those little skinny skateboards, which are now what everybody rides. Right. And yeah. um, the only person that I could really think of was Rodney Mullen, who was oh. who was popular. Well, he was the man. Yeah. He was he was the Michael Jordan of freestyle. Of, of you know skateboarding. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, he was brilliant. And I, and, and when we would see that. And yeah, we go. Yeah, I, I can't do that. Let's just go hit the half pipe or the launch ramp. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody was was mulling. Nobody was mulling, and, and I don't think anyone will be. No. That man was just insane. Yeah, was, when you was, watch him, man, you just go get out of here. <laughs> so now we have to dig up some old footage of uh, Gary Raymore skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> Hopefully we can find something. Um, what what else is going on with you? Are you promoting anything right now? Um, where where can people find you on social media? Yeah, yeah, I've got um, uh, a new movie that um, I tell you it was it was kind of weird. I I had a a really rare, really aggressive, really scary cancer last year. It was about uh, April. I I got it, and um, uh, I really had weeks to live. It was that scary, um, uh, but they, they, I got me to a specialist. She gave me six treatments of chemo. They were three days long and once a month. Um, so toward the end, uh, it was actually yesterday, September 15th, mm. that was my one year from my last chemo. Wow. Uh, it was last year, September 15th. And uh, I, I still had the bald head. Mm. And uh, so about a week after that, I found a casting. They were looking for a bad guy in a movie. And I kind of look like a bad guy when I'm bald. So <laughs> so I, uh, I I took a snapshot of me. I sent it to casting, and they cast me right away. Wow. And so I went to Georgia, where most things are filming now. And I was a couple days on set. Boy, I wasn't up to it, because, I, I mean, I was just coming out of 
cancer and chemo and I was really dragging and fatigued and um, but you know for an actor to be on set again you kind of forget everything and it's just fun and it was a perfect thing for me to get back in the saddle um, I acted with Tommy Flanagan uh, Sons of Anarchy uh, Braveheart Guardians of the Galaxy uh, great guy from Scotland actually uh, he's got the scars going up the, the side here he told me the story I'll let you read it um, wonderful man uh, really fun guy great actor man it's so easy to act with great actors uh it's it's because they just are so great you're just actually responding to them uh and that's the way tommy was he was so great the movie is called legal action and it comes out this fall um so i you can catch me uh bald in legal action coming out this fall. Um, I also am starting a movie called Just Grace, uh, which uh, is with uh, Karen Abercrombie. She was the uh, the lead in uh, War Room, uh, which was big a few years ago. And um, she's written and she's going to help direct this one. And she's cast me uh, as a, a professor in this upcoming film called Just Grace, mm. which will probably be out next year. Mm. Mm. Tell, can we talk about the cancer? Are you all right with that? Yeah, sure. Because yeah, you made it sound like you had a cold, and you said, yeah, <laughs> I got this cancer last year. And, Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, how how did you work through that? Because I'm, I'm dealing with that similarly in my family right now, or at least my partner's yeah. family. Um, it, it, how did they manage to get rid of it so quickly? And it seems like you, you're you're back to normal rather quickly. Yeah, you know, it's before I got cancer, I was always awkward around people with cancer. Hmm. I had family members who who passed away with cancer. Um, I, I've had friends who had cancer over the years, and I just didn't even know how to talk to them anymore. You know, it's just. I felt I didn't I just didn't know. I thought I'd say the wrong thing. I thought, you know, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to buy him. I didn't know what to say to him. Um, so uh, now that I've experienced it, I, I know exactly <laughs> what to say to them, what to do. And, and I made a video um, uh, it's on my YouTube channel, I think, uh, about um, uh, 10 things you can do for a cancer patient. And, you know, one thing is they're, they're lonely. Hmm. I, I've, it was a year of superlatives for me. I'd never been lonelier. I never had more pain in my life. And uh, I, um, you know, I, I got some real good advice. And, and one was don't waste your pain. Help others with it. You know, you can you can shrink up and all be into yourself. Oh, woe is me! Or you can just use your pain to help others. And so I joined a, a support group on Facebook that had the same cancer I had all over the world. Uh, somewhere in England, somewhere all over, and we would share back and forth our day. What happened? What you know? What new medicines are they doing to us? What new tests are they doing to us? And it was so, so great. And I would try to always make them laugh. You know, I'd put up, I'd find a cartoon about cancer or something. And I just try to make them laugh. I I'd try to make my doctors laugh, my nurses laugh. Um, you know, it, 
it, they weren't expecting that. And so it was it was fun for me to make them laugh. I, you know, I like to do that in acting, um, but this was kind of a different medium for me to do that in. Um, so reach out to someone with cancer and just let them know you're they're your friend still and let them know you're you're praying for them. Um, you know, uh, is there anything I can do for you? You know, honestly, I never met a rich cancer patient. I'm sure they're out there, but I never met one. If you can write a check, write a check because you can't believe I was out of work for six months, seven months. Um, you know, I still had bills to pay. I still had, I had insurance. I had, I, you know, I had all kinds of things. So if you're a person who can write a check, boy, that's something you could do. Write them a check. Say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Here's, a, here's some money. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can't do that, buy them a blanket because it's cold when you're bald. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's cold. Uh, and, and it's cold getting chemo. I think they put that stuff in the freezer before people get there and, and shoot it in you, man. It's, it's really cold. So, you know, buy them a blanket or get them a cool beanie or a cool hat. I had a, I had a nurse make me a do-rag. That was really cool. And, uh, and that meant a lot to me. So, um, you know, the, the cancer I had, everybody's got a different cancer. Um, mine was really rare. It was a T cell, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, they don't know how anybody gets it. Uh, they said I couldn't give it to anyone. It wasn't genetic. It wasn't environmental. It was just a weird one that happens every once in a while, and it's really aggressive. And so, but the unique thing was it was real responsive to chemo. And so I had to make a lot of decisions real fast. And so I, I, I decided I would trust this specialist because she knew exactly what I had and she knew exactly what to do. And she was exactly right. Thank the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I made it through. Uh, it's in full remission now. Um, you know, uh, you can worry about, oh, you know, it's going to come back. You know, that's, that's in the Lord's hand. Right. It's not here now. So let's worry, worry yeah. about that if that happens. Um, that's, that's a brilliant story. Uneducated question time. Can you, uh, you said it's not, you can't give it to somebody. Yeah. Is, is that possible with cancer? Well, I think it, it depends on the cancer, of course. Really? Uh, some, some are genetic, and, and you can't. Like, a lot of breast cancers. Mm. And uh, my mom had breast cancer, and, and my sisters could test to see if they had the gene right. for that. Um, there, there's other genetically involved cancers. I, I know uh, like ovarian cancer and things or, or, uh, colon cancer, I think is genetic and can be passed on in families. Um, so do all the tests you can. Um, they just, my particular one isn't, and they just have no idea how people get it. Um, but how did you know that you had it? What was, was it it was strange because I was feeling so great. I was at the beginning of last year, all the way through April, I was feeling great. I just finished a pilot for a TV show. I, uh, I, I went on a corporate gig and hosted that. I came home and I just started coughing, but it was pollen season here in Greenville, South Carolina. So I didn't think anything of it, you know, just a little cough, but it didn't go away. And, um, one, one morning I, I coughed up a little dime size of blood in the sink and I thought, well, I've never done that before. So I called a doctor, went to him. He said it was just irritation from coughing too much. Right. 
and gave me an antibiotic. But the next morning, I coughed up a little more irritation. And, <laughs> and the next morning, a little more. And the next morning, a lot. Right. So I called the nurse, and she said, get into the emergency room. And they did a CT scan, and there was a big old tumor in my uh, my airway. Uh, and I was stage four already. Wow. I mean, when there's tumors growing uh, and it's branching out, the, the cancer was in my chest and in my neck. And... Um, it was it was scary. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like it would be, but at, at least you had your your family around. Oh yeah, to help you through that. Yeah, I, my wife's actually a nurse, hmm. and so uh, she's not working right now, but she worked full time for me. And uh, boy, this is where I learned something scary. Uh, and this was through my support group. Some spouses leave their spouse yeah. because they're gravely ill. Yeah. Um, I, 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 some of those people, their spouses left them. Mm. I, I just can't even imagine that. Here I am dying of cancer and my spouse leaves. I mean, wow. Um, some people lose their homes because of pain for cancer. Mm. You know, so many things go on ancillary to the cancer that people just have no idea uh, about, but some people go through cancer alone. I sat next to a, a, a young girl on a, during chemo one day, and I heard her calling Uber, trying to get a ride home. Mm. She, she had nobody at home to help her. Um, but yeah, I was blessed to have a, a wonderful wife who didn't leave me, uh, who loved me through it and, and took care of me. And, um, you know, that, that meant a lot. That's lovely. That's lovely. So we, we have to uh, wrap this up. I want to get back to skateboarding because I don't want to end it on a somber note. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so um, we're going to we're going to hook up some skateboarding stuff. When All I, right. When I come back to the States, we're going to try and find you. And um, we're going to. Cool. There's a good park in Asheville, North there. Carolina. Nice. So we're going to see what we can hook up because I'm definitely right. down to come uh, shred with you. And, uh, it's, it's been a long time for me. But, um, <laughs> it's I'm, like riding a bike, though, man. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. But I had a skate about uh, before I left L.A. And I, it was I was yeah. tired. I was a little tired. shaky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to take some building up, some yeah. muscles there. Yeah. yeah, and we used to skate all day. You know? Oh, yeah. Skate all and day. think nothing of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. the Mountain Dew might have helped. But um <laughs> I think so. <laughs> skate all day. Um, Gary Ray Moore, everybody, where on social media can people connect with you, Mr. Moore? Yeah, on, on Facebook. Um, uh, you can find me pretty easy. I, I, uh, I'm also on Twitter at uh, Gary Moore Actor. Um, uh, IMDb, you can catch up really what all I'm doing and what's, what's coming up. And that's under Gary Ray Moore. I'm the only one. The only one. The one and only. We only need one. One's good enough because you've got a lot going on. We appreciate you giving us the advice on the voiceover tip. And, yeah, man. Um, and, and, and enlighten us about what we can do to help somebody that we might know that might have cancer. And, um, yeah, we appreciate you taking the time. And we're going to do some research and try and dig up some of your old skateboarding video. Yeah. And, uh, we'll let you know what we come up with. <laughs> Mr. Moore, you guys, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you guys next week when we're doing Authors of Amazon. I've got a special young lady calling all the way from California. So stay tuned and we'll see you then. Peace. See you.